thank you for the drinks is a famous quote from episode 10 of Star Trek The Next Generation. Haven, this is Trek Trudge. Hey, welcome to Trek Trudge, episode 10, Haven, this is it, it's happening, we're doing it. My name is Byron Hussey, I'm joined tonight by the great Gumba Master, he's here, trust me, he's here. Definitely here. He's definitely here, and, um, wait, hello, there, that, that was him. And oh. we're also joined by James Sheaves. It's good to be with you tonight. Thanks. James, it's great, great to be with you also, also as well. <laughs> so this is the 10th episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. As I said, Haven? Haven. Uh-huh. First aired... November 30th, 1987. This was actually the fourth episode produced, but the tenth aired. Uh -huh. You knew that. Oh, uh, it was um, uh, on, on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> you, you, you said just about mm -hmm, to say. Like, that information was just readily avail available to you and you basically I cut you off like you were going to tell us that yeah that, that that was that was my intention okay it's actually the 115th overall episode of Star Trek if you count the original series do you count the animated series jeez I don't no. know no you don't don't count that no, we don't. We don't. I talk mean, about it, it is superior, but you know, we don't count that because of that. Are you talking about the anime? <laughs> the the animated series. Anime. No, the anime, the Japanese anime. No, 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 no. Star no, Trek. No. I think didn't didn't the animated series feature uh, a race uh, that was um, that. Originally uh, came from uh, a book, a novel called Ringworld. Ah. Larry Niven. By Larry nice. Niven. If the it did, then I don't. I don't know how to pronounce pronounce their name. It would be news it's... to me. Okay, so this is the first episode with uh, James. How do you pronounce? Uh, Counselor Troy's mother's first name. Luaxana. Luaxana. Luaxana Troy. The first of many episodes featuring Counselor Troy's mother, Luaxana. Do you have any uh, opinions about her? She's hot. <laughs> she is one red hot lady. <laughs> red hot lady, okay. Um, well, of course, she is uh, played by Majel Barrett, the wife of the creator of Star Trek, Mr. Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Shouldn't her name be 
Majel Roddenberry. Sometimes she goes by Majel Barrett Roddenberry. I think sort of that like... was the name she was credited as for her last appearance in Star Trek. Okay. That's respectful. I don't know. Maybe she didn't want it to be distracting in this episode. Yeah. She also does the voice of the computer. Yeah. She's kind of one of those iconic computer voices, isn't she? Yeah. Did she um, re-record like the computer voice in every episode, or did she just record like a bunch of stuff up front and they just played it? Um, well, there would have been stock phrases, but um, a lot of stuff uh, is like there's that episode in in Voyager where the um, the uh, what are the the material? What are the things that make your food called? The replicators. The replicators fuck up, yeah, and uh, uh, start like mouthing off and being sarcastic. Like you ask it to get you coffee, and it goes, "Get it yourself." <laughs> yeah. So that would have been that on demand. Did um, the computer in Voyager have her name? Yes. Yep. I mean, her voice. She voiced the computer right up until the 2009 movie. And then she died. She died after that. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Mm hmm. So, this is a pretty um, steamy episode. <laughs> so, the, uh, the premise is that we discover that Counselor Troy is betrothed. Is that the mm -hmm. word? Yeah. She's in an, like an arranged. Sorry, I have to go niche our ghost. They marriage. call it genetic bonding, I think. G genetic pairing? Bonding? Oh, maybe. Could be either. So they don't they don't really explain that, but uh, but I guess it's some kind of uh, Betazoid tradition where yeah, like a kinship like, thing where. You, like, your your dad's friends will be like your friends or something. Your good good buddy. If you're good buddies with a guy, and then he has a daughter, and you have a son, then they they have to get married. Mhm. Mm okay. And what was confusing to me about this is that. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, uh, Counselor Troy is half human. The mm -hmm. f the buddy was her father, who was the human half. Yeah. And she was promised to the child of two other humans. So I don't know why they were taking this so seriously. Yeah, I guess it's uh, just one of those things, huh? Relationships, humanoid relationships, are more complicated than than just a, a rule book. Because Waxana didn't seem to care that much about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it kind of makes it kind of makes sense more in light of her, her like characterization in later episodes. It's just like, oh, I got I got dragged into this thing, and so now I'm gonna like make it Deanna's problem. Right. She, um, I mean, she seemed to think it was important to go through with it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And there's another uh, piece to this uh, story, which is that um, I guess they're like gonna do like some shore leave on this whole yeah. planet. Didn't they already do this in like two episodes ago? Well, I think they don't actually go down to this planet, do they? But they meant to, didn't they? They did. And then it turned out that they got pulled into this uh, diplomatic issue with Not a again. <laughs> with like a ship entering. So the planet is called Haven. And mm-hmm. it seems to be one of the. This seems to be a trope that you know one in every a hundred planets is like a paradise planet, and it's one of those because we've already had at least one paradise uh-huh. planet, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not actually that great. We never even saw it, so it's still left to the imagination. We saw like one room. Um, it's kind of like the planet in uh, Star Trek Insurrection. Yeah. Isn't it? Because that, that planet has like healing powers as well. Yeah, that and movie that, was that really... That a real thing. It was crap. And he, that's, this is exactly why. Because it was basically like a movie that had the premise of kind of a mediocre, mediocre episode of the show. Like it didn't need to be a movie. <laughs> but that's fine, isn't it? Sometimes you just want uh, like a one and a half hour long episode. But that's what the show is for. For the movie, I but want they spectacle. The well, that's true. There was spectacle. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, like the guy getting his stri- his face stretch stretch in half. Yeah, F. Murray Abraham. That's right, F. Murray Abraham. It's good to see him. Uh, Gumba, do you have any opinions on that topic? Uh, what topic? The um... sorry, I was I was reading the the, the Wikipedia article for uh, for the Ringworld thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you get to the bottom of it? Yeah. What was the uh, the solution? Pants. Pants? Pants. Oh, pants. Yes, the clothing article that goes over the legs. Okay. <laughs> so, we get a um, mysterious transport from the um, planet, Haven. And it is a silver box with a face. Yep. Which turns out to be Armin Shimmerman. Armin Shimmerman's face. Armin Shimmerman. Quark from Deep Space Nine. And I think he was also in uh, another episode as a Ferengi in The Next Generation, right? 
because that's how the, all those Deep Space Nine guys got cast. Wasn't he, wasn't he one of the Ferengis in the first episode? In the first episode that Ferengis appeared? I think so. Yes, uh, because I, I seem to remember that uh, during that uh, podcast, uh, a fact came up that uh, uh, Shimmerman, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That he... Uh, tried to make up with his future performances as Ferengi with uh, uh, to make up for the one he made in the first episode right they appeared mm-hmm. because Which... they were very comically evil yeah but I mean I think in... that he uh, shouldn't have taken too much credit for that because I'm sure that was part of the uh, the direction he was getting and the um, it was probably well yes script. but uh, well, yes, uh, but uh, uh, it also comes down to interpretation of the of the um, of the role that is given. Yeah, that's true. It was mm-hmm. a little bit um, racist, right? Like a racist caricature <laughs> of Ferengis. Yeah, of a fictional race species, really. So the silver box. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. I feel like I'm, yeah. I lost yes, the, yes. my position on my microphone. Do I sound good? It's, it sounds just fantastic. Is there any gravitas in my voice? Yeah, you you um you, you really carry this thing. Thank you. Um so the so the silver box comes to life and like vomits jewels all over the uh the, the transporter. They... I mean, we, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very whimsical moment. You don't see very many of those moments of just pure whimsy in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Everything's so straight-laced. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> James, were you about to make I a mean, counterpoint to that? <laughs> As far as Luxana episodes are concerned, they they tend to be quite full of whimsy, don't they? I suppose. I just mean like, so it's like a box with a face, which is like I guess a robot. I don't know, but you don't mm-hmm. you don't see that like kind of use of technology <laughs> very much. <laughs> Everything's just like wood panel, kind of functional. Um, you know, no nonsense. No nonsense. Just straight up, just like ship technology does gets the job done. Y- they don't just like mm-hmm. add faces to stuff just because they can. Unless it's a it's a holodeck episode. Right. But then it's like it wouldn't be like they wouldn't add a face to like a a grandfather clock. You know, It'd just be like a guy. The grandfather clock would just be a guy. <laughs> a grandfather. I don't know. I think it's like, uh, like I'm following this point. <laughs> it just isn't isn't that much that, like goofy technology. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I guess. They just don't like add faces to stuff. But they could. That's all I'm saying. They have it. Well, within you remember their this power. episode? Um, Commander Riker, when we first see him, is in his quarters watching like a kind of Star Wars holiday special style holographic display. 
Yeah. It's watching porn. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually Let's watching with um, Carrie, and she was like, was he watching porn? <laughs> and, you know, she's not a big Star Trek per- person, so that seems to have come through. I think that was porn. So it's like a. I mean, it fits. It fits in with his chapter. Mhm. I, I don't you know. know if it. it he's it he's a, out of character. He, Wouldn't he be he, watching like, jazz? No, like he he likes women. <laughs> yeah, but, but they were like playing harps. Yeah, well, How about uh, like women? Some people. Remember, some people call porn jazz. That's that's true. Never true words was not true. That's nobody calls porn jazz. It's never happened. But remember, before. this is the guy that um, you know gets a, a hologram girlfriend in one episode. That's right. And mm. there was another episode where he got a girlfriend that was um, genderless. Right. Yeah. It, anything that moves. <laughs> anything that moves. He's. Yes, he 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 carries on Captain Captain Kirk's legacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make out with everything Spreading. in the cosmos, spreading humanity's seed across in- the galaxy, including himself in that one episode where he was recovered from the um, transporter buffer. If you yeah. recall, there were two of him, and they experimented with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jan. That's canon. That's canon. We'll forever be in debt. Beard on beard, I think is what that was. That episode. (laughs) So. Has he seen that episode yet? Who? Jan? I know he. No, no, I mean, uh, um, Jonathan Frakes. Has he seen that episode yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he saw it. He saw the one where he gives birth to an alien fish baby, which was just tremendous. No, 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 the alien fish gives birth to a baby that has his face. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. And everyone on the bridge is very, uh, what's the word, uh, um, baffled, just put it lightly, except except him who's, who's, who has a very bemused... (laughs) <laughs> well, was that the Tin Man? <laughs> oh, it might have been, yeah. It was something like the Tin Man, if it wasn't the Tin Man itself. Yeah, there have been a few of those, haven't there? Um, Gumba, are you building some IKEA furniture? No, I I, ch- I was stabbing something. Okay, so let me know how it goes. We'll have a, a Fjorgan by the end of this episode. We can all have a have a comfortable sit. So, Counselor Troy is um, in an arranged marriage or engagement. So we meet the um, parents first. I don't know, like people from like uh, uh sure kind of like but, Manhattan High Society 
Yeah, but that like uh, retired to Florida. You mean, oh, you mean you mean you mean uh, what Earth culture do we get to misrepresent on Star Trek today? They remind mm-hmm. me of alien people that have retired, like Helen and Morty Seinfeld in like Del okay. Boca Vista, that kind of thing. Right. Am I am I out on out on a limb here? Is this? I mean, resonating? that's probably what they're going for. Um, I I like I what the mother was wearing. I think it was like a rare example of Star Trek fashion, kind of uh, pulling it off. Yeah. Yeah, she was good. She looked good. Um. And the husband was wearing like a kind of a tacky suit, right? Yeah. Was it supposed it to be tacky? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. It reminded me a little bit um, of the blouse that Melania Trump wore to the um, uh, the second presidential debate, or the third one. You know, that's it not, that. it's not top of mind for me. I don't, hmm. I guess I can look well, it up. Perhaps it should be, because this was after the Access Hollywood tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, the name of the kind of shirt that it was was it was a pussy bow blouse. A pussy blower. A pussy bow. Oh, pussy blouse. bow. Well, blouse. Yeah. Huh. I'm gonna, how about I Google Melania Trump pussy bow blouse? Uh-huh. Yeah, I see. So that was like maybe some retaliation at Donald. Is that the implication? Well, that was that was what um, I think some of the uh, fashion publications um, perhaps guessed. She uh, she has her own fashion line, so I imagine she's uh, quite familiar. I don't think I don't think Melania has her own line. No, no, she does. Melania has her own skincare range. What? No, Melania I've seen has her own skincare range. No, I've seen well, her. Well, I've seen her clothes at Macy's. Yeah. I was I was shopping for winter coats with Carrie, and I saw one, and I looked at the label, and it said mm-hmm. uh, Melania Trump. You are mistaken. This is Ivanka Trump's collection at Macy's. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Yeah, because I just searched Melania Trump Macy's and it came up with women's Ivanka Trump collection and all the results are Ivanka Trump. I guess you're right. Okay. Now, what was the price? Is it possible um, that Ivanka let Melania do one? And that was the one I saw? Hey, it's entirely possible. I heard a rumor that Ivanka is going to be the first lady. That's interesting. You would think you know, the, the first lady doesn't actually have to be the wife or spouse of the president. It's like a official position. Like, I think huh. um, Grover Cleveland maybe was a bachelor, so his sister was the first James lady. Buchanan, I think, was the bachelor. Yeah, I think it was Buchanan. Pat Buchanan. I don't know what, what his deal was. 
well, it was a confirmed bachelor. Yep. It wasn't it was his niece. Yeah, it was a niece. Yeah, they probably also sort of fooled around. That man was a homosexual. Come on. Okay. You got me. Isn't that what confirmed bachelor means? Yeah. Um. Yeah. According to me, right now. Okay, so um, where were we? Marriage. So we also okay. meet the uh, son. There were at least thirteen women who have served as first lady, but were not married to the president. Thirteen. About that. It's yeah. it's le it's legal in Kansas. It's because um, uh, most of the other women were relatives of widowed presidents. Right. Yeah, people used to die. A lot more because they didn't have uh, like hospitals. and and uh, thanks to uh, president-elect Donald Trump and his uh, policies that he will instate we will soon be going back to the good old times yes sure okay if you Are say people so dropping like flies we'll see Gumba let's give the man a chance Hey, do you think, um, I think I've noticed with uh, some of the other, like, web content that I consume, that people... I don't know, I, 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 um, I don't know, I, um, I mean, we did give peace a chance, and look how that turned out. That's a good one. I'm sorry, James, James, good. what were you saying? Um, I feel like, uh, people are pointedly avoiding, uh, mentioning the new administration or the incoming administration in uh, their their fun web content for kids. I feel like uh, content providers might be seeing their role as to kind of provide an escape from that reality. So I'm wondering uh, well, if maybe we should change our policy from mentioning Trump every single episode of a podcast to maybe mentioning him zero episodes. <laughs> I, I will say that um, Baron Trump's Facebook page is pretty fun. Is it? Yeah. There's a cool picture of him on it right now. And it's mostly a picture of Donald, but it's like Baron is sort of hugging him from behind. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's mostly a picture of Donald, but Baron okay. is also there. So anyway, let's let's get back to this, the Star Trek here. Cause, there's a yeah, Star Trek episode happening. There's a Star Trek. And... Um, is somebody watching Star Trek in the background? Not me. Is that is that you, Gumba? Yes. Okay. Because I also have some ambient Star Trek noises going. So Troy um, is engaged to this guy. So we meet the guy, um, Wyatt. Yeah. What did you guys he, think of Wyatt? He doesn't get... He didn't get much... Uh, uh, he didn't get much uh, time to establish a character. I seem to remember. Hair. Beautiful hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, so, uh, he looks nice. Yeah. I was wondering... He looks familiar to me. Does he look familiar to either of you guys? Yes. He looks a lot like... Caitlyn Jenner. Okay, well, that's one possible interpretation i came up with two alternatives okay i thought he kind of looked a little bit like adult wesley 
Right, yeah, a little bit. From little the bit. last episode, hide and Q. And then my other thought was Carl Sagan? Yeah, little little Sagan. Yeah. Little Sagan in there. How about, um... Oh, Kenny G. Um, but without the curls. I'm, I'm just going to have to Google Kenny G so I can get a comparison there. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. How about, um, what's the guy's name? Who, uh, sort of assaulted, um, uh, now, now I'm forgetting her name too, so that's not going to help. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, like it was on the Oscars and he kissed her in a bunch No. No, you're thinking of the Adele Bazim incident. Yeah, there was also a bit where he, um, I think, kissed Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I don't remember that one. Are you sure it wasn't Scarlett Johansson's brother? They look um, alike. They're twins. Sure. I think I'm t thinking of Adrian Brody. Does oh, he look okay. like Adrian Brody? I wasn't really saying that. Okay. So he's a doctor, so it's a good catch for Troy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We don't learn this yet, though, because first we have to meet um, Waxana Troy. She appears after the um, the other family leaves, and um, she's like a big flirt. She's very kooky, and um, she's very rude to Captain Picard. Did you uh -huh. guys find that? Yes, she's she's quite eccentric. Quite a colorful individual. It's an interesting uh, trope because I, I feel that she gets away with this stuff because she's like either wealthy or like royalty. But it's like nobody really cares about that stuff in the 24th century, right? I mean, like they don't uh -huh. even have money, do they? She's still well connected though. Right. So they do care about like diplomacy and um, and that that kind of thing yeah connections she knows she knows lots she knows lots of people so she gets um, Picard to carry her suitcase which looked kind of like uh, like a honeycomb or something it's just kind of a big big lump wasn't it kind of looked like a like a beehive. Mm. With a handle. And her, she had a um, butler that was mm -hmm. uh, Lurch from the Adams family. How was he? Mm hmm. I could tell you his name C uh, Carol something. Carol Stricken. That's Mr. Hum. There you go. Yeah, Carol Stricken. <laughs> I had I had the uh, show notes all fired up here, and I closed them. So I'll come. I'll, don't worry, I'll, I'll circle back and cut this part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won't do that. Haven. 
Sometimes I actually do. I, I do sometimes cut things out when I say I'm going to, but only if I happen to hear it when I'm like um, doing like a cursory listen through. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because you, so, you'd have to listen to it to get the, the quotes that you put in the start. Yeah. That's that's where it happens. Uh-huh. Although I don't really do that on the Star Trek ones. So, that's probably not going to happen. Ha. Maybe it's time. Maybe. So, we get we meet Lurch, and um, there's some kind of humorous banter with um, Waxana between her and the captain and she also does some telepathic communication with Troy mm-hmm. yeah and, and we get some classic like telepath acting yeah sort of like like you emote your, but you don't say the head words around, sort of like yeah gesturing wildly but not saying not saying anything i wonder if anyone's done an edit where you like take the words out of those scenes so it, <laughs> it's what it would look like for for the humans <laughs> i think somebody did that for the um the wonder years <laughs> did they <laughs> like, yeah because there's like a lot of daniel stern exposition in the form of um like, uh, what's his name? The kid. I've never you seen know. the Wonder Years. Can't Come help on, you, man. Cur- curly head boy. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. Jonah the Hill. Princess Bride. Come on. Oh, um. Curly boy. Uh, what's his damn name? I think it's, it's Curly Boy. a funny boy. name, isn't it? Curly yeah, boy. No. We, everybody knows, but us. Gumba. <laughs> what, who am I talking about? Curly boy. <laughs> Carry oh, Savage, Savage. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is really, really interesting. Fred Savage, there it is. Got it. All right. Anyway, he does. Well, I mean, if you've never seen uh, the Wonder Years, then this isn't gonna do it for you. So let's just move on. Um, <laughs> so, have we gotten to the dinner party yet? No, we're not there. Where are we? Well, we just carried Captain Captain Picard just carried the bags in, didn't he? Yes. Um, and yeah, the the girls have a little psychic chat in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we could like skip to the dinner party. To, to, to well, that's hop, quite a ways in. We have to okay, we have right, to talk right. to the planet lady first. So the planet the, lady, what is what her, her title? Name? It was like a funny, it was like Imperatrice or something. I think it was like Electris. Oh, rewind. Start of that scene. First Electrine. Electrine, yeah. Baleda Innis. So she's a bit of a looker, right? 
Well, you have to be if you live on the on the healing planet. I guess. Like she's the only one we meet, I think. And plus, data points out early on <laughs> that um, there's no scientific uh, evidence <laughs> of any healing powers. And thank you, Mister Data. And um, Picard is like, well, this is the spice. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes superstition is the spice of life, Mister Data. Now, do you think that was a um, like a shout out to Dune? Uh, probably, no. probably not. Because, as you know, Patrick Stewart was in was in Dune. Oh yeah, right. In one version of it. Yeah. The David Lynch version. Mm-hmm. So we, so Valeda Innes conveys some concern toward Picard. I remember, I remember the scene where he ordered a nuclear strike to blow up a rock wall, so the so the sandworms could storm the thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. I never saw it. I've seen I've seen it like probably five times and I couldn't even I tell you what happens in it. It's it's really strange. Okay. It's it's like a it's, beloved science fiction. I mean, property. it is it is a David Lynch thing, you know. Have you, have your mind, you your mind, I think your mind just refuses to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> sheer. But I like David Lynch though. It's, I feel like it's not the Lynch thing. It's like the the source material. Like the Quitsack Kodorak, the worm, the Kodorak? spice. It makes no sense to me. Oh. Have either of you seen Jodorowsky's dream? Dune? No, I don't think it ever got made. Yeah, but there was a documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune. No, I haven't seen it. I, I imagine it's probably good. Have you seen... Um, he does those movies like uh, El Topo? No. They're pretty fucked up. Okay. Holy Mountain. I've seen Fondo Elise. I don't think I've seen that. This is probably not an interesting part of the podcast. Maybe not. Probably lost a few dozen people. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Do we even have a few dozen people to lose? At, at best, I think that would be... Uh, um, the entire audience. <laughs> come back, please come back. <laughs> so Troy, um, so we meet Valida Innes. She's like, we have a treaty with Starfleet that implies that you have to bail us out. If there's a problem. Uh-huh. Sounds like a one-sided treaty. These, you know. Like these people don't have anything to offer. You know, that's a that's a good point. I don't know what the deal is with that. Like, what are they what are they providing in return for this uh, this exchange? Information, science stuff. Um, free movement of people, maybe. Like through space. Onto their planet. Oh. Well, apparently not sick people. 
but we're Federation people. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, tr in the next scene, uh, Troy visits Wyatt. Yeah, and they have quarters. a little s discussion where she um, promises to not be an annoying wife. Yeah. Or only half as annoying. Because, you know, women are women can be just really annoying. Shrill. Shrill. Yep. Maggy. Really, ob really obnoxious. <laughs> Did I, like, devil down too much on that? Yes. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, um... I am married. I am so ashamed for you. I'm... James allowed. is ashamed for you. We all are ashamed for you. I'm ashamed of myself. It's disgusting. So... Troy... I mean... Deanna Troy... Not Waxana. Mm -hmm. Is um, she noted earlier that Wyatt was dis was disappointed to meet her uh, because he expected to see somebody else. So yeah, when she when she went to his quarters, she found this shrine that he made to this uh, blonde woman. Yeah, like the woman, sexy lion lady. Yeah. Big hair. Big hair. And I mean, she's clearly a babe, so you can't really blame him, right? I mean, she's like, <laughs> she's like a nine or ten, right? In that zone. She's in that range. I mean, I think Deanna Troy is is no. Uh, she's not chopped liver over here, you know. Hey, definitely not. But um. Yeah, I mean, yes, but when you expect someone else. Uh, right. Like, the heart wants what the heart wants. That's right. To yes. quote the great Woody Allen. Funny how um, that always seems to be a complicating factor in arranged marriages in in popular media. Yeah. So, um... So, in spite of the, uh... the mix-up with the blonde... Um, who apparently has been like teleported into Wyatt's mind since his youth for some reason. Yeah. Um, they still sort of reconcile and say, okay, let's, let's get, get married. Yep. Like, let's do nobody's it anyway. that into this, but they, it, still everybody's just charging forward. Um, there was another bit of the conversation that stood out to me, but I'm not. I don't remember it now. Was it like a, a rap battle? Oh, yeah. Um, it's when she mentions Riker. Oh, yeah, and for Imzadi. And says, oh, oh, no, w what he wants most in the world is to command a starship. That's right. When That's right. throughout the seven seasons of Star Trek, he turns down every <laughs> opportunity to command a starship. Yeah, it so what seems... the hell kind of telepathic psychologist is she? <laughs> it, it, it might be that he's just not that into her. <laughs> I like, think uh, um, subconsciously, I, I, have to I think subconsciously he actually uh, is is like I don't know like a like a beta male who who isn't ready for the for being the big man. He looks 
like a beta without the beard. Once he grows the beard, then I it starts to work for me, you know. Clicks. Uh -huh. Um. She also calls him Bill. For the second and last time in the series. <laughs> but yeah, he, he goes by Will, usually. Usually. I guess the Mzadis get to call each other names that other people don't. Yeah. This is the last mention of Mzadis as well, isn't it? Even though the, those characters later get married. I'm not sure about that. No, no, it's it's it comes up uh, uh, several times in the later episodes. She hooks up with yes. uh, Worf later. Does Worf become her Imzadi? Uh, not. Mm, let me ask you this. I, my memory is a, is a bit uh, is a bit foggy around let, that. Let me I ask know you there this. was there was certain attraction between the two, but. Uh, that never, they were they were that in never, a relationship. That never pan, panned out. It, it they were together the... for a while, but yeah. here's my new question: Was um, mm -hmm. Keiko O'Brien Miles O'Brien's yeah. Mzadi? I don't. Uh, I don't think so. That's that's only. Hey guys. Was Keiko ever visible before they started dating? Because I remember thinking that Nurse Ogawa was Keiko, but. That's, it feel, sounds like uh, like racism on your part, just confusing it's, Asians for each other. Yeah, that's what that's the conclusion that I've come I to. I think it's just because I had like a vague memory of an Asian lady in a blue shirt, right. and they're like interchangeable specifically to you. Like they're not, they don't have individual personas. They're just sort of like this this amorphous stereotype. They're uh, they're both. Um, valued individuals who are valued members of the crew of the Enterprise. Good save. Yep. I just bit my tongue a little bit. Ouch. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for your been, loss. Uh, the character could have been uh, the nurse because uh, Keiko is a botanist. Right? Yeah. I know, but I was wondering do we ever actually see Keiko before she's dating O'Brien? Or Maybe is she just brought him to date him? She grew from a plant because she's a botanist. Um, Maybe. She's kind of the, um, what's his name? You know the one. Yeah, I know the one. From Harry no Potter. Um, oh, um, the one that likes the plants. Uh, Professor Sprout? <laughs> sure. She kind of, um, she kind of keeps saying things that make her seem racist as well. Professor Sprout? Yes. Okay. For example? She, she, she goes on talk shows occasionally, and she was on a talk show with Will I Am, I think. Mm -hmm. And she said, I've never met a black man before. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about the actress. I thought you were talking about the character. Like, well, maybe, the, maybe the surprise of the character as well. I mean, I don't know if that's racist, if it's true, though. Like, if, if you uh -huh. actually never met a black man. Now, I mean, would you say that, though? It just seems a little awkward. It is. But 
also like I uh, guess like if she's maybe gone out of her way to avoid meeting a black man that could be construed as racist I guess so we got an image on the bridge of the rogue vessel yeah and, and everybody's it's got, it's got like a big gumball in the middle yeah and this was a confusing scene because everybody freaked out that it's a Torellian starship and that gets explained but in that scene I felt like I should already know what they were talking about so I so I I was confused uh-huh did you well, I guess that's just have the, that experience the, it's the the intricate um, structuring of the of the presentation of the narrative right you think I'm information is just presented to you as though it's seamless as though you already right. know it but it caused some consternation for me when I didn't. Ah. Well, maybe it, maybe it didn't work out. So the Torellians, I was a little unclear on this too because they like they had an illness. Yeah. It was a like a biological weapon they made, and then they all sort of scattered. Yeah. But like. Which you think? wouldn't really be much of a problem anymore because uh, the Federation has basically mastered virology and can pretty much take care of anything that you could have made right. with the level of technology that the Torellians had. But also, how long were they in space? Because, like, they don't seem to be dying. No, they look pretty healthy, don't they? They, they it... all, like, have tans and stuff, despite not going outdoors. Yes, well, aside from that, well, I think um, it can be explained that they, while they do have the virus in them, they uh, they are not sick. They're just carriers. Ah, uh, they're asymptomatic. So these ones aren't going to die from it, but they would infect others who would die. Yes. I feel they could have explained that better and um there's something else about the Torellians uh there's that... a lot that, that Star Trek could have done better but yeah. <laughs> uh it kind of links into my um uh in a previous episode I was talking about like how Star Trek treats uh civilizations as being on a ranked scale mm -hmm. of, like less advanced and more advanced etc mm. counselor not Castle Troy. The um, Doctor Crusher, um, like, kind of very nonchalantly, just says that, "Oh, yeah, the Torellians were at a 20th century level of technology, mm -hmm. so they were able to make this virus." Um, as though you can just kind of say, "Oh, well, here's where they were on the linear sliding scale from, you know, barbarity to to uh, advanced." Yeah. Uh, you know. Um. Uh, which I think they, they Star Trek kind of got better at talking about that um, in the later series. Like um, in Voyager, they had that species that had very good medical technology because they had this. They all had the phage, mm -hmm. this illness. So yeah. like that that kind of um, shows that 
civilizations are going to place different uh, emphasis on, you know, based on what's important to them, which I, I think made a hell of a lot more sense than just saying, oh, there's this linear sliding scale and and you're either at the 20th century or you're, or you're you know, a, a, like a Middle Ages or so where on it. If they were at a 20th century level, how did they get these uh, starships? Yeah, how do they have spaceships? That's a good question. That didn't make sense to me in the episode or now. I guess they don't have warp technology. So if they don't have warp technology, then they're all just kind of crawling through space. Um, I don't know. Something's not, not, so not up here. <laughs> not right. Um, of course, like the reason that Dr. Crusher just says that is because they want to make a neat little allegory to like you know like a, a cold warrior a nuclear age allegory to, oh it would be so easy for us humans here in the 20th century to destroy ourselves as these mm -hmm. people did mm -hmm. so they're just like us they were at a 20th mm -hmm. century level but you know that it just betrays kind of like a uh a, 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 a attitude about um civilizations i think yeah so um there's a whole meeting about how to handle this situation which uh um, yeah well they don't really come up with any ideas yeah it's kind of nothing happens in that scene um I, guess says, I look at all of your ideas it turns out that um wyatt just happens to be like pretty good at infectious diseases um nice one of uh, a few coincidences that sort of coalesce in this episode um well, when you think about this, quite a large uh, unresolved coincidence, like at the direct center of, of the plot of this episode, isn't there? Yeah. The blonde. It's never explained. Never explained. I, I, was, I kept waiting for it. Like, it was maybe Roxana. <laughs> she was like, she didn't want Deanna to get married. So she, like, looked into the future and saw this moment and then like mm -hmm. beamed those thoughts into the boy's head his whole life somehow but hey, there was maybe. no such explanation there was a non-explanation which was like <laughs> everything's yep. connected oh good it's good to know that everything everything is everything else and it all just works out magically so the Betazoid marriage ceremony is um, everybody's nude. Oh. And there's Run a conflict free. between the parents of whether or not they're going to do an earth ceremony um, over which Captain Picard would preside or a Betazoid ceremony um, where everybody would be nude and Lurch would be the uh, officiant. Is that the right word? Efficient? Yeah. Okay. I guess. So there's like a fight over that. Is this the dinner party yet? Yes, we are at the dinner party. We're at the dinner party, okay. Um, Lurch is getting really drunk and <laughs> starts hitting a gong. <laughs> repeatedly through the evening, which was um, strange and humorous it's charming it was funny 
Um, and Data asks him if he's a human because he drinks lots. Right. I think that's like one of those things where it's like they attribute something to humans that isn't explicitly human. Like, don't, the, don't Klingons drink a lot, too? Yeah, but uh, Data's only met one Klingon, okay. and he probably doesn't drink much at all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Worf, yeah, Worf is, is a bit repressed in that manner. Bit of a, bit of a wet blanket. He likes prune a drinks. Bit. He's not yeah. even in this episode, is he? No. He, Michael Dorn wasn't even in it. Nor was Wesley Crutcher. 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 Too bad. Yeah. Um, Waxana has a, uh, like a pet vine wrapped around yeah. her arm, which she, uh, lets climb onto the, uh, mother of the groom. Very rude. Yeah. So, uh... Um, Commander Riker storms out in this one. And I think uh, this would be an example of the sort of writing that Roddenberry imposed on the, on the writers where you couldn't have, like, interpersonal conflict among the staff. Right. So, like, normally in a kind of dumb... TV drama, you'd have, like, Riker would be really jealous of, oh, I'm so jealous that you're getting married to this man, despite the fact that, you know, we haven't had a relationship and you're allowed to, you know. But they kind of try and do it in a way where, like, each of them is conflicted, but they both kind of just... They, like, neither of them blames the other one. Yeah. Well, we all know that uh, Bill Riker is married to the sea. <laughs> That's right. So, Riker storms out. Do you mean? Do you mean the Star Ocean? No. Oh. So, so Riker storms out, and uh, and uh, oh. then there's um, some more conflict, mm -hmm. and then uh, Deanna storm storms out saying stop fighting stop bickering something like that yeah and it's quite abrupt yeah it's very unprofessional she does yeah. this in front of her like the captain of the ship she's just she's like a like a, like a childish tantrum <laughs> i think uh the idea with it is that there's probably a lot going on uh like in the heads right because she's an empath mm -hmm. so so she's kind of privy to this uh, like additional kind of tension that we're not directly seeing. Yeah, I feel like it was like. Uh, I think Mr. Mr. Hum doesn't mind. It means he he gets more to drink. Yes. Yeah. So. She, Which is explicitly shown. So she meets Riker on the holodeck. So I yeah. guess Will Ooh. has like a um, a <laughs> simulation Sorry. of a sunset planet where he goes to Looks think like space australia kind of yeah it's a really dull use of the holodeck like this thing can do anything <laughs> and he goes and just makes a sunset and looks at it like he could go and blow off some steam and like literally like be rocky you know what i mean 
I guess. Like run up the the museum stairs, fight Apollo Creed. Doesn't do that. He could like turn into like a dolphin, right? Yeah. Mm, no, no, not 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 really. Not really. Yeah, he could. Uh, he could be a dolphin. I don't think so. Not to the not at the. He could he could generate an environment underwater where he wouldn't drown. Yeah. So it could be a dolphin. You don't think it'd be a dolphin? No. Okay. So So they they have like a discussion where it's like again skirting the line between they're not allowed to have interpersonal conflict, there's also supposed to be like romantic tension. Mm hmm Um there's the kind of weird line where he says it's damned unfair to me, where I'm not like, what What does he mean by that? Like, they weren't together, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the whole thing is like, it's just like hinting at people objecting to arranged marriages, marriages without actually doing so. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's even a little line from Picard in one of his. Uh, that is uh, life in the 24th century. Yeah, like, like, why are we still doing this tradition? That, you know, that's it doesn't. Well, go to anywhere. be fair, to be fair, it's only the 20, uh, 24th century uh, for humans. Yeah. To make that clear. That's uh, it's very human centric. <laughs> time. It's funny, system. so. It's in his logs, so he's clearly thinking this, but Loaxana never, like, goes on w with him about that. It's all, oh, he's attracted to me. Yeah. And... It's an oddly, like, focused... All of that stuff yeah. is, um... We don't know if it's true or not. She does seem to embellish. Well, we don't know. We have no... We don't have access to Picard's thoughts. So... Mm -hmm. Maybe he is attracted to her. Maybe. Nah, he probably thinks about cheese and wine like all French people. Mm-hmm. So uh, we know that Q sees into the captain's mind in in the previous episode and uh, apparently thinks about like French army marshals a lot. Right. It's really, really boring thoughts. Stodgy. So. Troy and uh, Riker have a thing, on the, and then Wyatt hard. comes in. Yeah. So how, how did they all know they were here? Uh, he might have like asked the computer where she was. Yeah, I guess you can do that. It's kind of funny. He just kind of walks in like, "Hey, what you guys talking about <laughs> on this like sunset plan? Oh, this is like perfectly innocent." Yeah. You think like uh, the the holodeck would lock by default hmm like some some pretty uh pretty nasty stuff probably happens in there you know <laughs> just, you just stroll in like oh, oh captain i'm sorry jeez oops falcon love slave <laughs> what are you doing oh well, number one perhaps you'd like to join <laughs> Um, so, let's see, I'm running out of steam here, steam here, 
What's the? I have uh, uh, an observation on uh, Councillor Troy's costumes. Okay. There seems to be a, a, a pattern that they just use different fabric for, and they use the same jumpsuit like pattern. With like the um, V belt. Yeah. It kind of like it seems to be very form fitting up the top, but then down mm-hmm. the bottom, she's got kind of these sort of loose pant legs for some reason. Yeah. Which I don't really get. You'd think they would make them tailored as well. I mean, they're clearly tailored, but they're not like form Maybe uh, she lost a lot of, weight, lot of weight at some point. Just from her legs? Yeah. Just from her calves? I remember there was an episode later where, um, what's his name? Uh, Ronnie Cox took over as like captain. And he was like, you can't parade around in those skimpy outfits anymore. Like, that's not cool on my ship. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was so rude. <laughs> it was really rude. What do you think of the, uh, there's like a V, a big V there. Is it like a... It's a reference to the sacred feminine. That's what I was wondering, like a sacred feminine thing. So yeah, the ship probably. the ship gets there, and we see that the mysterious blonde is on the crew. The uh, real lady. The Torellian vessel. Now, this would be an interesting reveal if we ever actually got an explanation for why. Yeah. But they didn't bother to do that. I think they thought they did. Everything's oh. connected. <laughs> it's like the butterfly effect. Well, I think they said it was fate. Faith? Fate. Yeah, fate. yeah. Destiny. Fate. Destiny. Destiny. Yes. Yeah, actually. Not the game. There's a um, <laughs> screenshot here on Memory Alpha with Wyatt and the blonde. That says Wyatt embraces his destiny. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens is okay, guys. This is gonna be like um, kind of a kind of a kind of a jump to the end here because, frankly, not that much else not, happens. Not a whole lot happens. <laughs> yeah. So we figure out that the blonde that Wyatt has been uh, dreaming about his whole life is on this ship. Um, so they concoct a plan to send a bunch of drugs over to them. Um, they, they trap the ship in a tractor beam. The, um, what's her name? The Electris? Electris? The Electrine. Electrine. Sounds like a kind of fruit. She wants them to uh, just blow up the ship. Right? Yeah. Blow it up. They should have just probably just done that. Send them back to hell. <laughs> and, uh, well, they don't. That would they be don't kind of that. a dick move. Maybe. Yeah. Well, the truth is, yeah, like, they, they could just do what they did, which is just, like, to move them somewhere else. It's the kind of thing that comes back to haunt you like three seasons later if you blow up someone now. Yeah. 
That's what they were thinking. We can't, we can't blow them up. They'll come back in another episode. It might be taken Mark two. my words, yeah. I'm gonna one. <laughs> so, Wyatt kind of pulls a fast one here. And he, um, he pretends he's gonna send some medicine. But he sends himself instead. Naughty boy. Yeah. So he meets up with these guys. And uh, that's pretty much it. He believes that's all that. there is to it. <laughs> yep. Just bye. I think he at so he the big scene where this is addressed, this mystery of the blonde woman, is where he has a chat with um, Roxana and asks, you know, what's going on here, and basically all she says is like, well, it's really simple. See. Everything's connected. <laughs> what? Okay. Right. I, I actually quite like your theory that she's the mastermind behind all this because um, uh, she was kind of like Shanghai'd into uh, honoring the, the marriage pledge, so she kind of implanted uh, this vision of this woman into the boy's mind and then had them all meet up at this planet at exactly um, this time. Do you think it's possible yes, that, that that's actually what happened? I, I would I would go for that explanation. Alright. I mean, I wouldn't put it be, uh, what? I wouldn't put it past her. She's She definitely would be uh, someone who uh, not only could come up with the, such a plan, but um, pull it off. Yeah. I just don't know, is she able to see the future? Uh, no. <laughs> don't think so. So that might be the, the rub. Mm. But maybe she's like manipulating his mind now and planting false memories. Yeah, but that would not explain uh, all the all the drawings he did make when he was. Those uh, are actually da drawings of David Bowie. It it, it looks a little from, bit like David from Bowie from Labyrinth. Uh, the goblin yeah. uh, prince Jareth, or king. Mm -hmm. Sorry, the goblin king Jareth. So it's, it's a very very innocent explanation. <laughs> Well, it, it could have been that um, she saw this coming from the start and she put it back into motion when that when the whole thing first started. Is it possible that she invented the plague? <laughs> oh, gosh, now we're accusing her of genocide among among myriad other crimes. Well. Hey, maybe. She loves her daughter. What can I say? Because, you know, all, all life and all conscience is, is, is indissolubly the same thing. It's all connected. Yeah. It's like two wrinkles on a bed sheet. Oh, okay. They're both part of the sheet. Hmm. So at the end of the episode, um, everybody's like, really glad we can still have a psychologist on the bridge for some reason. <laughs> The end. What's this useful? She can read minds. Yep. That's her job. Um, yeah. Actually, 
she can't really read minds. She can uh, feel emotions. She does it anyway. It's, yeah, it comes uh, in handily a lot. She's like a lie detector. Yeah. yeah it's good. Unless it went in very Unless like, it comes to uh, Ferengi's. Or like, for some reason, I read nothing from him. <laughs> oh, do you think maybe that reason would be that the scriptwriters had to put it that way? Yeah. It's a, uh, like an Israeli accent, right? Oh, God, who even knows? Cause I, think like, I think she's from Israel. And no, she's, she's of Greek heritage, and she um, is, like, a, a Londoner, so she's got huh. this, like, Cockney accent. I guess I was thinking of uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. Who I guess you could you could get her to play Counselor Troy in a reboot. Yeah, she'd be good. Well, she'll probably be busy. We'll see. see how Wonder make, like, Woman five Wonder Woman movies. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's it. We made it to the end. That's the end of the episode. Uh, happy ending. Uh, I mean, like, Wyatt's probably going to die of plague. Yeah, who cares? Okay. Who cares about Wyatt? Did you uh, guys watch well, um, Westworld? I still can't. Because there's a Wyatt in that, but I won't spoil it. Oh, all right. Thanks. <laughs> like a very cowboy for, name, isn't it? Thanks for bringing mm -hmm. it up, then. Yep. Yeah. Um, what I want to say is... Uh, uh, this episode, it uh, it would have had a potential to be brought up in a future uh, season or uh, in, in one of the later uh, Star Trek series. Yeah. To uh, deal with the consequences of that decision. Right. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. But uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those self-contained. Uh, throwaway yeah. episodes, more or less. It's like conspiracy, isn't it? I guess, um, you know, if somebody had just happened to think of it, they might have. Actually, no. Conspiracy, uh, conspiracy is actually one that uh, has um, um, a longer, a longer arc. But, I don't, I don't uh, know what you guys are talking about. This is an X Files. No, 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 it's a, it's a Star Trek. Conspiracy Star Trek is a, it's a season episode. two episode, I think, mm. which seems like it's setting up like this multi-episode arc, but it just they abandon like it's one thing, never spoken of again. No, 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 no. There, it is. A, it it it, it uh, comes up, uh, I think, in um, in uh, at least two episodes. Does it about something? Yes. Two episodes other than conspiracy, or conspiracy plus one other. No, 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 the same, the same one. What? In the. Um... So there's conspiracy. Then whatever happens in that episode is mentioned in another episode, and then another episode. You lost me. <laughs> well, I'd like to uh, thank my panel. Oh, you're welcome. Gubba Master, thank you very much for joining. I know yeah. uh, you've sworn off podcasting, but 
Well, I you know. You've made a valuable well, contribution know, here. After after you took my family hostage, I didn't really have a choice. Well, yeah. they they will be safe eventually. <laughs> I mean, we'll all be safe in the hereafter, right? Um. Okay. And James, thank you also for your support um, in this endeavor, and I appreciate. Yeah, you you wanted me to do the legwork uh, with Trek Charge from now on. Huh. Yeah, I mean that. If you want to do it, you can, is that like a can, thing? You can do it. I I would I'd happy happily become a panelist. All right. You want to do it? I'll um. I guess I should uh, try and enlist my other Australians to come on, since apparently this was like a bad time for everyone in Australia except me. What time is it there? Like uh. It's it's three three thirty. It's midday. Yeah. On a on a Sunday. On a Sunday, you would think that it yeah. would be perfect. No, I thought it was going to be perfectly fine. Doesn't matter. Guess again. They're lost. But yeah, <laughs> I'll figure something out. Um, okay. Cool, guys. Thanks again. Audience, thanks. Um, yep, thank you, thank you, the audience, most of all. Also, audience, your... uh, no, no, patreon.com slash byropod. That's where you go. Put some money in there, and then you get um, special uh, secret podcasts just for you. Mm. Yep. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's like such a ridiculous notion that that's going to result in any additional patrons. Like, uh, I think, who am I fooling? I mean, it's, it's, it's not really <laughs> worth it's the effort ridiculous we'll see <laughs> we'll see it's gonna it's gonna be uh because like whoever has gotten to the end they're gonna be like yeah i'm all in yeah <laughs> all right guys uh thanks again and um may the force be with you as they all say nice. on star trek all the time yep. ferengi saying ferengi ap um Old Ferengi saying. Uh, live long and prosper. If that helps. Ask not what your country can do. Ich bin ein Berliner. I am not a crook. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye.